I see today with newsprint fray, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. Liverpool are back and Arsenal face Manchester United. It's Friday, 29th of January. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Tyrone Mings. <laughs> I'm Vidushida Hamtaraja. It was you, Luke Moore, all along. <laughs> oh, pretending to be Tyrone. My goodness. Did you see that Mings, uh, he retweeted that, didn't he? Uh, that what we were talking about the other day to uh, to oust some little sausage yeah. who was pretending to be him. I mean, is it? I mean, I'm not. I'm not above pretending to be someone else. Mm. Obviously, Marcus, as you know, I regularly when back when the pandemic wasn't yeah. around, I would regularly go to the to the club and pretend to yeah. be you, so I could get all the uh-huh. plaudits. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, my reputation went through the floor. I know. As a I, had all, I had all the boys around me, and yeah, um, all the, but they did say, uh, Marcus, we we now think you're a, a bit of a naughty sausage. But my goodness, we didn't realise you could moonwalk that. What well. a dancer! But what a dancer! <laughs> <laughs> and I also regularly go into the old um, into the uh, members at place at Lords and pretend because I pretend to be Vish. So yeah. why not yeah, yeah. pretend to be Tyrone Mings as well? Yeah. <laughs> They would never let me into that joint, and I would never want to be a part of that joint. No, fair enough. I should say, yeah. Joint. Yeah. Calling it a joint means you're never going to get in. Well, exactly, yeah. I'm just rallying against it. Yeah. Vish, if they asked you to, to join, you would, though, let's be clear. I don't know that I would. Lords is a, Lords is a kind of funny place. The, generally, the first time I went to Lords um, to cover a game, I had to go into the pavilion to do an interview, and some old drunk bloke who had passed out stopped me on the stairs and said that if I was part of the help that I shouldn't come in my own clothes <laughs> right. so, so that's Lords okay. that's a little that's bit nice. of Lords for you very nice yeah nice <laughs> yeah, nice, don't, nice. Don't, ever, don't ever join them no <laughs> never never Oh my goodness, gentlemen! We were we were treated to a good game last night. Spurs won Liverpool three, of course. We enjoyed the first time they they played this season at Anfield, which was a great game. This one, though, a little touch more one sided, you'd say, Vish. Um, with with obviously uh, Liverpool winning, uh, Klopp said that they knocked the wall down. Um, which I don't know if he's sort of trying to get in Joe Biden's good books or something like that, but <laughs> it wasn't quite the wall that it was uh, in the first game at Anfield. Is it now a wall then? Because it used to be a bus and now it's a wall. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, a bus can move, whereas a wall's a bit more static. So Depends who's perhaps, built it. Well, perhaps a wall <laughs> is more uh, more accurate with some of that Spurs defending. There was a point in the second, you know, the beginning of the second half when Liverpool got that second goal. Where I thought this could be a pasting, and then mm. you know Hoiberg gets that equaliser. And I think, well, actually, maybe been a bit of a weird season, and then it kind of corrected itself. And yeah, Liverpool looked. Like the Liverpool of old, didn't they? I think it was the first time I, I watched them and I thought, yeah. okay, suddenly everything's in sync. And I wonder how much of that is due to the fact that Firmino had one of his better games this season. He always seems to do well against Spurs as well. Um, yeah. And he's a good wall breaker. He's got the gnashes to chew into a wall, isn't he? So <laughs> he maybe, maybe that's does. it, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, Luke, that it was obviously Liverpool have uh, struggled a little bit since the, since the new year. Um, and I, I think that this is it's it, it almost as if they needed a game like this to kind of kick them back into into reality. Yeah, and if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be annoyed about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> because because it, it, I mean, it, it feels it feels a bit like um, you know we're, we're talking about the opposite thing that I expected us to be talking about, which was the fact that Spurs, particularly in the second half, didn't really offer much. They yeah. looked defensively quite frail. Yet I expected to 
this morning to be talking about how Liverpool really need to address their centre-back problem as soon as possible, which of course they do, because I totally agree with what, I think it was Rio Ferdinand was saying last night, that you know it's not just affecting the, mm-hmm. the, the defence, it's affecting their midfield, because they're having to take people from midfield to deputise in defence. Well, and, I thought Rio was going to offer his services yeah. for a moment. <laughs> Jamie Carragher actually did on Twitter. Yeah, he said, lovely. He said, the only thing that will make tonight better is if I get the old call. <laughs> and uh, from Jurgen, um, and uh, to be fair to Jamie, he, I mean his legs weren't the best when he was in, in his peak. So yeah. I mean, I'm not sure he get the nod now. But uh, ben, ben... Jurgen, we're not, we're not going to play a high line, are we? <laughs> uh... yeah, exactly. <laughs> I won't be leaving the, the penalty area. So get, build around that if you can. But but the point is that the reason I think it's frustrating, and I, th- I think we should absolutely acknowledge that. Kane going off, picking up an injury is a huge concern, not just for last night, but for the coming weeks for Spurs. That did have a huge impact on the game and it would be remiss not to mention that. But but what I do think is surprising is that regularly it seems to me that Spurs cede control of games and they they don't, particularly in the second half of games, they don't particularly look to impose themselves. And it's just really difficult to see the pattern of play or the style of play or what Mourinho mm. is going for. Because uh, to me, it just seems like common sense to think, well, well look, Liverpool are a good team, but they're, they're not in great form. They've not been scoring goals and they've got a real problem at the back. Let's just, so, so let's at least bear that in mind. It felt to me like they didn't really... Ever looked adjust. like they could have hit that, could have pushed that advantage home. Now I know it's easier said than done. I think you guys are right. Firmino was great, um, and Liverpool did look. They showed at least glimpses with a with a threadbare kind of defence, even that they they could be returning back to what they were before. But I mean, this season is very difficult to predict. Well, it is. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, the, you mentioned obviously Liverpool's defence there. I mean, Henderson played well at, at centre half. You'd have to say, or Matip picked up an injury. Uh, Which is course. a shame because he looked all right. Yeah, it is. It is a big shame. But what about Spurs' defence, though, Vish? I mean, that first goal. How on earth have Dyer and and Uris sort of it's frustrating managed it's to kind of that. let Firmino in there? If you're a Spurs, but right on the on the stroke of half time, you know, it, it, Spurs started the game well. You know, Son just a fraction offside. You know, they were playing their normal game, but then Liverpool come back into it. Obviously, Mane missed a chance early on, but that goal it felt so avoidable. In fact, all three goals you could say looked so avoidable. But to go in at half time one nil down and then. It all hell broke loose, apparently, in the dressing room. I mean, that is just, it's gutting, isn't it? Oh, what do you reckon that was, Vish? I, well, so, so Serge Aurier obviously left at half-time. Certainly that's what's been reported by from reputable people, so we can assume it's true. Um, I don't know. He's, <laughs> there was, do you reckon he's like slapped someone? Do we reckon there was like, <laughs> but like, what, what could it, what could... <laughs> What I'm kind interested of, in like because footballers I'm, don't fight, do they? Footballers no, don't. Exactly. It's, nev- it's never fifty fifty cup. It's always a bit of hold me back, hold me back. So sometimes if you're in South America, the odd flying kick. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but the, so I've been in Sunday. I've been in Sunday league dressing rooms where it's kicked of a half time, and it's quite frightening. Have you? Yeah, it's quite frightening. Well, hang on, yeah. Sunday league, you actually would return to a dressing room. Yeah, really, just not be at the side well, of the pitch. You'd have, you'd have you'd have probably a handful of. Um, Pitches where they have dressing rooms and you go into them, yeah. You wouldn't okay. always, you wouldn't always, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen people get really pissed off in, in, at half time in games and stuff and start chipping off and yeah. throwing stuff around. Definitely, we were always winning at half time. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, is that right? The plan was always executed. Well, they give you 10 minutes at the end then because it's safe, <laughs> results safe. You bring one yeah, <laughs> I used to go around the, the the huddle and in various different accents. Bring Marcus on! Bring Marcus on! <laughs> yeah. Bring Marcus on! 
I can't imagine. Uh, so I can't imagine what I mean. Hopefully, we'll get to see it in a series of, of um, all or nothing or something. But I can't imagine what it all kicking off at half time. And, and the thing was, if that is true, sorry, Vish, I know you're going to come in on this, but very very quickly, if that is true, it's kind of fascinating because they can see it just before half time, and mm. they can see it just after half time. So you it could will, argue yeah. like a, a total meltdown around that part portion of the game has essentially lost the game for them. Hmm. Yeah, there's there was obviously that incident last season with Loris and Son, um, and you know it was Son having a go at Loris and Loris having a go back. So I imagine, you know, given the way that goal was conceded, Dyer could have done a bit, a bit better. But Loris, who's got the better view of that, who is less likely to you know concede an own goal as Dyer was, who has to take control of that situation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I sound a little bit like Luke Moore there, but Luke, your big thing is like if you're a goalkeeper, just clear everyone out. You know, just go in and get involved. Big Pav would have sorted that out. I think he would have done, <laughs> and I think I think yeah, there would have been there would have been bodies if Big Pav was involved. Oh, Big Pav would have saved it, and then and Firmino would have twisted his ankle, ended up with a twisted ankle. Goodness knows what would have happened to Dyer. Yeah. But it, they'd have gone in at nil nil. I've heard. I've I've been. I've seen a ball come over the top of me defending when Big Pav's been in goal, and <laughs> just heard. The, an enormous keeper roar had a load yeah. of commotion and he's come running past with the ball and booted it about 50 miles I yeah. looked around and it's been like a battlefield yeah. it's just bodies so yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right on that goal it's, it's absolutely it's totally key because because and, and I thought Laurie's got quite a lot of stick last night in the analysis on the telly um, and I think it was probably a little bit harsh because I think Loris is still decent. Uh, well, he's, he's made a in, few. He's made quite a few high-profile well, mistakes. He's not an improving keeper for sure, but yeah. I still think he's all right. I mean, I mean that second mistake he made where he kind of powder puff palmed it was a little bit of a little bit of a mistake as well, wasn't it? I would say. Yeah, yeah. Just thinking back to to that um, ruckus between Son and Loris in All or Nothing, they kind of they go into the the changing room and you realise the Spurs changing room is so big. Mm. Yeah, that you could get quite a, a decent kind of fight in there. You know, like some of those fights <laughs> in those films where they just break through walls. You'd just yeah. be in the same room, yeah. just yeah. constantly rolling over each other. There's also an even bigger one in in the Spurs stadium because they have separate dedicated NFL dressing rooms in that stadium yeah. as well. And yeah. they're even bigger because I've been in those as well. I've actually went to an event in one of those and it was so big it could have a whole big event in it. I guess because NFL squads are so much bigger, but but I, I don't know. I think I think I, I detected a lot of frustration from Spurs fans on Twitter last night. A lot of my friends support Spurs, kind of similarly frustrated. And it's important, obviously, not to as Andy always says, it's important not to kind of read too much into a single game. But I mean, to me, it feels a bit like as I said, you're at home. Liverpool haven't been in great form. They're not scoring goals. They're not the team they were last season. Can you push your advantage home? And it's just frustrating that you can't. Yeah, I think that's the crux of Mourinho football, though, isn't it? Like when it's going well, you can it's too reactive. Yeah, when it, but when it's going well, you can think, okay, yeah, this this guy knows what he's doing. And then when you get a game like last night, you get you find yourself in a situation where you know your only shot in the second half is the is the equal is well is the goal to go two one up that's hit in the. 48th minute from range, you know, a bit of hit and hope from a bloke who hasn't scored in two years. And nice goal, though. Come on. It, well, yeah, it, it was a very, it was a very nice goal, but it was, you know, the, the, we're going to talk about Kane, aren't we? Because that is a huge elephant in the room with regards to how Mourinho wants to play, and I, I, it's so instructive that when he had to bring him off at half time, he didn't bring on Vinicius. You think if he had any faith in the system they were playing in that first half, which up until the the dregs of that first half was doing quite well. You'd bring on Vinicius and keep the shape around him. But then playing Son through the middle and bringing on Lamella, it felt a bit like, well, you know, you, you clearly just 
don't trust people, which is why you've, I mean, it was a freak injury, we should say, that Harry Kane got, but it's why he's kind of been running to the ground. And It happens every single year. In, in yeah, like, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think with, with, with Spurs, you know, the danger is with, with Mourinho and so on is that there is that kind of glass ceiling with his football, which football has sort of moved on a bit, of course. I mean, Jonathan Wilson argues that the absolute top level managers, a bit like some footballers you know they have a shelf life at the top sometimes perhaps because we were used to Sir Alex Ferguson we think they can go on and on and on and on at the top level but he's one of the greatest managers people would argue perhaps the greatest manager of all time whereas with Mourinho he has had a little bit of a renaissance at Spurs in in, in some regards but I think the frustration for Spurs fans is there does seem to be that ceiling there and and Klopp's Liverpool are are above that ceiling and it's and it's a little bit frustrating uh, but I was I was interested in what Peter Crouch was saying when he was imploring Kane um, to not leave Spurs for for Real Madrid and all this kind of stuff and I did think to myself I know we've had this this chat before with 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 Harry Kane but you know if they do get to the summer and then no, they don't have a trophy. You know, Kane will look around at some of the top strikers in Europe. They'll, I don't know, to take, say, um, Benzema, for example, or, or even Lewandowski. Now, people might not think he's operating at that level, but if, if he's not, he's not far off it, you would say. He sees them with Champions League uh, winners' medals and, and league titles and all the rest of it, and he's not getting any younger. He's not old, of course. I, I And it all sort of links into this kind of thing about Mourinho's um, style, uh, well not necessarily style but where it can lead this team and again if they don't invest heavily in in the summer but even if they do Luke, do you do you think that, that do you see what I'm saying here and this, this could ultimately maybe lead to Kane kind of having a good old look at uh, Oh, I think, he could, I think he could move to the New England Patriots <laughs> yeah, well, in time, it's possible. Time. Yeah, look, look, I, I, I don't know Harry Kane. Obviously, I don't know what his kind of major motivation is. I know he's come through at Spurs and he loves the club and all the rest of it, and he gets paid very well now for playing there. Obviously, he's England captain as well. It's, it's probably a bit, a bit frivolous to argue where his, where his um, motivations or his, or what his ambitions are. But I presume they are to win things. And you know, I don't necessarily subscribe to that whole thing about Mauricio Pochettino wasn't a good manager because he didn't win any trophies. I mean, he he revolutionised mm. that club in quite a big period of transition, and and they moved into the new stadium, got to a Champions League final, etc. But I am of the opinion that Kane is probably the second best forward in the world probably behind Lewandowski in my opinion. So I think he's I think he's right up there. I am I, I would if I was a Spurs fan, I would be concerned about this repeated problem he has with his ankles because that's obviously traditionally a very difficult injury to sort out. If you're still talking about straining and stretching ankle ligaments, it's it's you know, before long you need operations and, and you need to keep tightening them and keep sorting them out and it can be difficult particularly if you're someone who relies on kind of explosive reactions like a top level sports player so sports person so look it's who knows what's going to happen I did I did really enjoy the idea that when Kane went down injured in that game last night he went down injured at the same time as Eric Dyer and the physios came running on and both of them completely ignored Eric so it was we have absolutely no uh no Doubt where the uh, priority of triage lies among the medical staff at Spurs. <laughs> Straight yeah. to Kane. Like, yeah. Dyer was like, I, I don't know if Dyer felt a bit put out by it, but Kane was 100% the priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been great if they went over to Dyer and he's like, oh, finally, and they just started hacking at his ankles. Like, no, we need one of these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. dear. Uh, well, I, 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 yeah, I do, I do think that Spurs' title ambitions have probably been finished off there but then stranger things have happened they ain't, they ain't a t- uh, listen they're not a title winning team 
they've yeah. got they've got a really good first eleven. If they can if they can maintain fitness and form, that then they can do. They could probably go top four, but they're not a title winning team. Like yeah. just, to me, they're not. Um, I don't think they've got enough about them to win the title. And fish, fish, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, we're going to find out a lot about what where Kane's ambitions are going to lie, or certainly the decision is going to be made that little bit clearer for him because if he's out for a month that's he's going to miss nine games across three different competitions now yeah so that's gonna i think that'll determine where they'll end up at the end of the season so well, what they'll fight for so he got injured last season and it um and it kind of worked in his favor when the game the football stopped for like three months and when it came back he was back again obviously that's not going to happen this time so yeah he's gonna miss an awful lot of games yeah yeah indeed liverpool back in the title race um uh, of course, Manchester City are the, are the pace setters. Manchester United, are they still in the title race? They go to Arsenal on the weekend. Uh, sadly, before we talk about the football, there's uh, more racist abuse that's reared its ugly head this time on social media. It was after Wednesday's game. Tuanzebe and, and Martial were the, the subject of it, uh, uh, or the targets of it, sadly. Uh, Manchester United came out with quite a strongly worded statement saying that they were disgusted by um, the actions of these anonymous, mindless idiots sure everybody listening to this is behind those uh, statements as well. Um, but Luke, you, you've often said, as, as other people have had, that you know social media companies need to take responsibility for, for tackling um, the, the, this abuse. And it seems to be that the government may finally bring in uh, some laws around this. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be some movement. <clears throat> I don't know precisely exactly what it is. And I think the government have met with some of the decision makers in football as well, um, this week maybe earlier this week about doing something about it and the big the big argument against kind of getting rid of anonymity on social media so, so basically there's two parts of this as far as i understand mm. one is that the, the argument against anonymity on social media is that in places where it is an oppressive regime where it's difficult to to say things publicly or to to put your name or face to something things like social media can provide a very um a very a very helpful kind of way of getting your message out there and we saw that happening with things like the arab spring a number of years ago and, and i understand that but the problem is in this country is that people are doing this because they can anonymously get away with it and then you and you bracket that up with the idea that twitter and facebook hide behind the idea they're just content aggregation platforms mm. and therefore they aren't subject to regulation which is absolutely ridiculous <laughs> yeah. in 2021 yeah. so they're two things that can happen straight away particularly in 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 western countries you can say if you want a social media account which isn't a right it's not something you, you know no one owes you a social media account you need to sign up for it and you need to put your id on there and secondly the con as soon as facebook or twitter decide they want to get involved in how they promote content or curate it then they should be subject to regulation now that's not going to solve the fact that people you know arguably have been brought up to be racist and you know that that, that uh, there is an element of that that it, it treats the symptom rather than the cause. I mean, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, the other side to to that abuse is the fact that I mean, it, it's just a fucking game. Like it, it's it's just a game. It's not that important. Players underperform all the time, and the fact that people feel, you know, feel they have a right to abuse a player for playing badly and to do it in that fashion and to try and reduce them to. <sighs> Well, you know the, the thing about racist abuse is it doesn't matter where it comes from. It just it strips you of your sense of person and it makes you feel very very small and makes you feel very alone as well. Um, and so it doesn't matter how much Anthony Martial is being paid, doesn't matter how much Twanzebe is being mm -hmm. paid. It is 
such a painful thing to read and you know like in, in other situations they might have just it might have just been waters of water off a duck's back but the fact that these people who you see who you perceive to be above it all are so affected by it should tell you how powerful it is and yeah it's good that there's legislation coming in i agree with a lot with what luke said about holding people accountable for this kind of stuff but yeah it's just i mean we keep saying it, it's just not on and it's um fucking disgraceful frankly and mm. Yeah, the, the the fact that we keep talking about it is is important because we need to keep highlighting it as um, as maddening as it can be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think sometimes we can lull ourselves into a full sense of security that oh that's been defeated or oh it's it's in you know it's not much of it to go kind of thing. But yeah, mm. it, it, sadly this is happening so regularly. Um, gentlemen, uh, if we can uh, talk a little bit about the football uh, as well. Obviously, Arsenal hosting Manchester United. It's a big game. Not as big as it was, Vish, of course. Not the glory days, is it? It's very much like when the Rolling Stones put out a bigger bang, right? You're like, okay, yeah, I know they're a big name, but uh-huh. I mean, they're not really necessarily doing their best stuff at the moment. And they're probably, band. are they ever going to again? Yeah, I, I know feel. what you mean, Luke, but they, they did, uh, they were the first rock band, weren't they, to play <laughs> Cuba when it kind of reopened up, which is well worth a, a turn of the head on Netflix. So, um, I mean, Vish, Manchester United, they, they, do, they, do, they could do with a win here to, to kind of really kind of stay in touch with Man City because the way City are playing, it, it does look like they're just going to sort of win, win and win, which no other team looks like they're going to do. But after the disappointment with Sheffield United, you would say that... that this has to be a win, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. You know what the most annoying thing is? I kind of, I thought I'd just enjoy this, you know, those those run, that, well, certainly this unbeaten run that we went on until the Sheffield United game. And I thought to myself, you know what, just enjoy it. Don't try and look too much, too much into Hope it. that kills your baby. Don't look yeah. too far ahead. And yeah, then losing that, Sheffield United game I was like oh yeah we, we're, we're trash and I hate everyone now <laughs> the, if you look at the first game um, the first game that United and Arsenal played when Arsenal properly did a number on on United at Old Trafford it was it was at odds with, with certainly the way the two were playing and now you come into this game and actually you look at Arsenal and they're very they look very impressive Emil Smith Rowe's come in and done his thing and you know the younger players like Saka have continued on but they've also seem, seem to have quite a positive effect on the older players. Lacazette, for example, you know, I, I, I've, I've probably some Arsenal fans might disagree with this, but I can't remember him being in, in better form for Arsenal, certainly in, in form where he's having such a clear difference in the final third of the pitch, not just in front of goal. Um, and you look at how they're playing and how engaging they are, and you can kind of see how United can resort back to their counter-attacking ways. But then... You know there, there are issues with with Martial to an extent. Bruno Fernandez looks cooked, like he looks so so tired. Um, <laughs> and so you know he, other players are going to have to stand up. But... There was a fish. There was an amazing bit in the uh, Sheffield United game where I forget who it was. It was breaking through, and he, I mean Harry Maguire could see about thirty yards off that he was going to go past him. I mean I've never seen a centre back <laughs> know so much. I'm, this is me saying this. Probably the slowest centre back to ever play any kind of level of football ever. I could see Harry Maguire thirty yards off thinking this guy's going to go past me, and then from nowhere Bruno Fernandez tracks him all the way back, hooks around, makes a tackle, and wins the ball, and kind of gives <laughs> it simple. And you're thinking. Bruno Fernandes, guys, can't do everything all the time. At some point, yeah. it is going to come back to bite him. And I found, oh. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I found um, 
if you look at that Sheffield United win against Man United, if you look at all the games that Sheffield United have lost in the league this season, 11 of them, count them, 11 of them have been by the odd goal. I don't think Sheffield United have been as bad as people mm. perhaps assume they have. I think they overperformed last season. They're underperforming this season. And and if you were to deliver any kind of complacency in your performance against Sheffield United, I think this is probably coming. And May United absolutely did that. And it might well be that now for Arsenal, it's a difficult time to play them because May United are going to get, take that as a kick up the arse. Um, and so we might see, may see a different United side in, in this game. Yeah. yeah, one of the issues that Solskjaer has to address now is David De Gea. Like I've defended David De Gea for for quite a while, but I think it's coming to a situation where you probably need to put Henderson in, in there. But do you do that for, for such a... Have you been dragged into the headmaster's game? office with David one too many times now, Vish? <laughs> now you're, really, you're, you're, not, you're not making excuses for him anymore. He's just got to do his homework and that's the end of it. No, yeah. because I, I I just think you know you've invested so much into him that it's it's counterproductive to uh, to bin him off completely. But it just him and Martial are two huge players for United, certainly in terms of the money they paid for them. That now probably I think should be withdrawn a bit. And they, they paid that money a while ago, though, didn't they? Yeah. Are you yeah, suggesting but that inflation means that it's not as bad as it was? Like, well, so they're, they're still prominent members of that of squad. Yeah. <laughs> still prominent members of that squad, yeah. yeah. People, people, you know, loads of people were trying to bet against them. Then some fucking Reddit thing pops up and now their price is going up again, you see. That's the trouble, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, on the face of it, they should have never sold Fellaini as well. They put <laughs> yeah. a lot of money into him. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's go for a quick break. Before that, though, ladies and gentlemen, news I have to tell you is that a new episode of On the Continent landed yesterday. Dot and Andy were joined by Lars Sivertson to talk about the absolute chaos at Marseille, uh, Papu Gomez's exit from Atalanta, a real gem for Sevilla and the Bundesliga title race where Lars gives a really insightful update about the Haaland transfer speculation going around at the moment well worth a listen I would say just head over to Football Ramble Presents and it will be at the top of your feed right let's have a break Welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway. It's now time for emails. Right then. Here's an email from Thomas Hughes, who says, The chat about impersonators yesterday reminded me of a work experience week I did at Zoo Magazine. Oh, no. God rest you, Zoo. We hardly knew you. We <laughs> hardly knew you. It, it seems mad now, Zoo Magazine, to me. I mean, mental. Anyway, mm. it was when apparently when Fabio Capello was in charge of England and the draw was for the, 2020, so the, draw for the 2010 World Cup was about to take place. Um, Thomas says, I attended a photo shoot with a Fabio Capello impersonator <laughs> who had to take pictures of him looking sad at what could be England's worst possible draw, uh, happy uh, or happy at what we thought the best draw could be. So I guess they could use it for different purposes. All yep. the while, he was flanked by two models in zoo bikinis. Obviously. Yeah, because that's just how it was then. Yeah. Uh, I- <laughs> 
it's not even Sven, is it? I could, no, exactly. It's Fabio Capello. I couldn't think of a situation more out of touch with the real manager, but it turned out the impersonator was a cab driver from up north who obviously just couldn't believe his luck at all the side work he got when Fabio Capello was hired. One day driving a cab, the next day having pictures with models uh, in, a, in a photo studio. It's amazing. Imagine if someone really famous, like someone becomes really famous and they look exactly like you. I'm thinking about you, Jamie Vardy impersonator. Something yep. else that we've talked about quite a lot this week. So, uh, yeah, worth uh, worth considering. There we are. Show at footballramble.com if you want to contribute to that kind of chaos. Uh, right, gentlemen, uh, we mentioned, obviously, Liverpool in the first half. They're away to David Moyes' West Ham on the weekend. Other than Manchester City, they're the team to beat. You've got to say they are the team to beat. This is your new thing, isn't it? What's that? Your West Pointing Ham out thing. facts. Yeah. Facts. All right, Benitez. Yeah. <laughs> got Benitez on us <laughs> you see the trouble is with Vish he's not keeping up with it he's thinking oh it's just crappy old West Ham yeah. mate get with the programme oh, Vish grow up mate yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, you try to you try to sell me down the river with can West Ham do it you're trying it again today <laughs> oh I see what you mean yeah so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna um, I'm leave this one through to the keeper yeah. <laughs> well, if it's David De Gea, you should be okay. But, I mean, you obviously still you still burn from David Moyes' time at Manchester United. That wasn't fair, but still he burn. reportedly want. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> he reportedly wants to overhaul the club's scouting system if he's given long-term backing. Uh, West Ham currently have one scout. Who which, has one scout? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it probably a boy scout with the way they operate. Yeah, I was going to say he's from the local. He's from. He's, he got it from the local Arcala. <laughs> got loads of cubs though. Um, you got one and, scout, uh, yeah, but he's got about the beavers. The the better, but don't say beavers regarding West Ham. <laughs> you know exactly what you're doing there. Vish, were you in the beavers? No, isn't that Thanks. little girls? Nah, no, no, I was in I the. Be- I was in the beavers. Yeah, people from outside the UK. <laughs> beavers, cubs, uh, scouts, West Ham. It's the transition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I stopped at cut. I never I did liked a bit of the, the, the sea scouts so, for a bit. So yeah, but the sea scouts. Are they the ones uh, who sell cookies or tie knots? No, um, yeah. So sea scouts tie knots. Was that thing. sailors? Yeah, sea scouts tie knots. Um, because obviously I'm from Portsmouth, <laughs> so it's all sea scouts. It's all that down there. Um, and you got it's basically just like being it's the normal that. scouts, but oh, you got to go like canoeing and stuff. Sounds alright, yeah. actually. But I stopped actually. Oh, I stopped okay. because actually I wanted to play football instead. Okay, fair enough. Well, well, I mean, we're, we're having a bit of a laugh that they've got one scout, but that scout looks like he's or she's well, going to bring in Jesse Lingard. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure you can really blame yeah. the scout in this situation. <laughs> I'm doing this on my own. What do you want? You hire me a couple of assistants, maybe build me a bigger team. Maybe I won't bring you Jesse Lingard. He's, <laughs> he's basically got Jesse Lingard in as a, as a kind of, as a lesson to be learned for the team. Yeah. Is this doing the this is doing the washing up badly? Yes. Is it? Yeah, so. it is. Yeah, so you never get asked <laughs> to do it again. Yeah. yeah. The, the um the thing about David Moyes, <laughs> David, David Moyes, sorry, as you should probably call him, and I think you guys touched on this yeah. earlier this week, is that Moyes. he's had a really interesting managerial career because he, he does what he does at Everton, and he got that job at Everton because of what he did at Preston. And I, I, I mean, I haven't I haven't actually looked up the stats or anything, but I remember Preston being in the same division as Portsmouth around that time and they were always pretty good they're always kind of there or thereabouts then Moyes gets the Everton job and he does well and then he gets the main night job and we, and we know what happened but what's what's actually happened there is he's then been by the media bracketed into this kind of British managers who will help you out a bit almost a bit like a, a Pardew or a Allardyce yeah. or a Kerbishley but, yeah, yeah. but actually 
that's not necessarily yeah, that, that fair because you could probably write off the Man United stuff. He did mm. really well at Everton and then he did okay at West Ham the first time round. So I wonder whether we're now seeing the start of a restoration of David Moyes' reputation and, and arguably rightly so. Jim upgraded them to a hovercraft earlier in the week. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that for now. I probably would have gone more of a, a nice catamaran. If, right. if, he deli- if he delivers top six <laughs> right down this season, he's fine to have the hovercraft by me. Okay. So all I got from that is David Moyes is going to be on the hovercraft soon. But beforehand, he was just a ferryman on the little kind of disgraceful, kind of terrifying rowing boat, wasn't he? And before that, presumably a sea scout where he learned his trade. Yeah, um, I learned under him, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so I, it, it could be a tricky game for Liverpool, although they have won seven of their last eight meetings. So you were... Uh, West Ham be- won their last four in the league though, Marcus. There you are, you see, there's some facts for you, Vish, that you'll probably dispute. Yeah. Uh, let's move on uh, to West Brom versus Fulham. You're a knob, that's a fact. I must win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> innocent until proven guilty. I've got um, the proof, don't worry, West... I've got that proof over here. <laughs> uh, can we do it in Scotland? Because I could get not proven, yeah. maybe. That might, that might be my only hope. With your bacon, friends. Yeah. Have you got your What's bacon bucket there? No, no. I, I, I had to hand it in. He's put plants in them. Look, you can see. <laughs> when, I, when I told when I told them to shove it because they wouldn't, let, they were too worried that I was a maverick. I yeah. handed in my badge and bucket. And <laughs> those, those, those bacon pushers down at City Hall don't like it. They can have my bucket. They don't know what it's like being on the front line. Exactly on the, on, on the smoked bacon front line. You're good police when it comes to bacon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. They used to call me uh, They used to call me Serpico up there. Yeah. <laughs> um, West Brom versus Fulham. A must win for both games, Vish. Yeah. That is a fact. They need points. They bloody need points. Who do you fancy, Vish, for that? For this one? Go on. Um, I quite fancy Fulham, not just because... Well, because I've like... My brain has turned to mush through so many different variables, um, a lot of them mm. self-inflicted. But I realise that I'm really confident in Fulham now, having said that they'd get relegated as early as October, even before they award the Scottish League Cup. That's how confident I was. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and yet... Now my renewed confidence in them, or certainly my my newfound confidence in them, comes at a time where they haven't won a game in eight. Uh, you know, haven't won in eight games. It's been a yeah, it's been a while. So it has been. But a the while. performances within that seem, you know, there, there is seems to be something there, and mm. and like you know, I think you've got stats about their dribbling. Like Lookman is seems to help well, them turn brush over this. Uh, this. Hang on, but let's just stop there for a minute. Potatoes, mate. The CIES Football Observatory of which I'm a huge fan. I'll read all their publications. They recently listed Fulham as having the third highest dribbling average in Europe's top five leagues, only behind Lyon and PSG. Now, that is all to do with Adam Odell. That's the good stuff, though, that. That's a a real quiz, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. A little bit of Loftus-Cheek and uh, Devil Dover Reed. But yeah, I think that's uh, that's quite impressive. Marcus, would you take that? If if they could stay third in that list now, but Fulham (laughs) would be relegated, would you take it? Uh, well, what's the other option? The other like, option is just, just a twist. <laughs> the other option is they go down to seventh in the CIES Football Observatory, but they stay up. Mm. Tricky one. I'd, Think I'd about take it. seventh. Think, <laughs> Think about it. Seventh and seventeenth, I'd take <laughs> as long as as long as they're in the top ten, uh, which would be. I I, I uh, take great joy in a Sam Allardyce team losing yeah. a football match, chiefly <laughs> because I can remember a game, although I can't remember the specifics. Uh, Vish, you might have even covered it, so you might be able to help me out here. But I can remember a game where Big Sam got some kind of positive result against a big team. It might have even been Sarri's Chelsea, maybe. 
and they might have got a draw on Nick to win or something, and the other team had something like 450 shots, and it was just one of those games. And in the post-match interview, Big Sam was like, all the talk was about how good they the other managers are tactically, but I out-tactic him today. And it's like, no, you fucking didn't. Yeah. What happened was, they didn't have their scoring boots on, they had a million chances and they didn't score, and you nicked out of it with a point or three points or whatever. And ever since then, I've thought, I'm not having it. I'm just not right. having it. So I hope Fulham give them a good old bashing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I, I do as well. But have you seen um, that uh, uh, that uh, Mbai Diang uh, has apparently undergone a medical in Turkey ahead of a loan move to West Brom, Galatasaray striker, of course. Now, um, he was supposed to sign for Anderlecht last season, but when he arrived at the train station in Brussels, representatives for both Anderlecht and Club Bruges were waiting for him. And he left with the Bruges rep with a jacket over his head and signed for them instead. <laughs> you see that? Is Big Sam going to get ambushed like that? He went. He went to. He went to Club Bruges in the end, right? Uh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the same player who um, who missed a penalty against PSG in the Champions League after ignoring instructions from his manager not to take it, <laughs> and then got a fine and was suspended, I think. That'll teach you for, for kidnapping me. And, and do you know um, what? And, and West Brom have looked at him and gone, yeah, that's what we need. It's exactly <laughs> what we need. Well, I think it is. I, I, it's a pretty outrageous story, but, uh, you know, all's fair in love, war, and uh, football transfers, it would uh, it would seem. Mm. Um, so, uh, so there we are, gentlemen. Neil Warnock wouldn't be getting ambushed in any transfer business, though. <laughs> I would say um, he's finally been uh, reunited with uh, Yannick Balassi, which has been this, this transfer has been going on for a little while. Uh, Yannick has joined uh, Middlesbrough on loan until the end of the season, which is what we like to see, Vish. We like Warnock to have a player who's got a little bit of quality as well, because he can kind of chase the, the, the long diagonal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, well, this deal was actually going to get done um, in the first transfer window of this season, but they couldn't agree mm-hmm. on the wages. And then... Yeah, they were, and they were also looking at um, Duncan Watmore back then, but they didn't decided not to get him because they thought they were going to get Balassi. They didn't get Balassi, so then they got Watmore, and now they're getting Balassi as well. Yeah, <laughs> so it's having your cake and eating it, and then having another cake and eating that as well. Yeah, but, um, he, he, he did Warnock sort of he blamed Balassi and his bloody agent, as he called him. Uh, for the transfer not happening. Oh, can you imagine how much Neil Warnock gets frustrated at agent? Just imagine it. <laughs> I imagine it's probably the fuel that kind of keeps him going. Yeah, I'd say. The, hate, the hatred for, for agents. Yeah. I like Blasi. I think he, I haven't seen him play for a wee while, but I think he's a good player. Well, according to Warnock, you know, we can't expect wonders, but he's a good lad. He'll be good in the dressing room. <laughs> I'll get me in. <laughs> I'll crack some jokes. It's amazing. He's, uh, a, yeah. Balassi spent quite a lot of time um, tweeting about... He's basically done, like like an Aldi version of what Meza Ozil's doing in that, or mm. what Ozil was doing when he wasn't playing at Arsenal, in that he's tweeting about the games, but he was critiquing them kind of a little too, I suppose, you know, neutrally. So he he would say, like, oh, you know, we didn't do this well, we didn't do that well. And he's also mm. massively into his cricket. Oh, right. And I, did, I don't know where that's from, actually, but he's, he's always tweeting about cricket because he's had so much free time. So that's nice. he's got an Indian... Indi- Didi Harman was uh, is big into cricket. He did as well. cricket, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, but, but Lassie was he born in England or he certainly grew up here? So you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's just strange. He's not. He's just not someone who I, I don't. I wouldn't say that he's kind of um, his family roots were in places of 
that were massively into cricket and maybe spending that am time going to have to start, um, Am I going to have to start guarding against you talking about cricket on this show the same way I have to guard against Andy Brassel just constantly talking about European football? I think so, yeah. I think you might have to, so. yeah, yeah. You could sort um, of, yeah, maybe you could sort of bridge the two. I mean, Balassi, sorry, he was actually born in France and he likes yeah. cricket, so is that too much for you, Luke? It's too much European and cricket chat right there. <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason that my nickname is Farage in the WhatsApp group. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of, uh, of of European football and transfers, um, uh, Fikayo Tomori, of course, recently joined AC Milan on loan from Chelsea. He made his debut in the uh, in the Coppa Italia quarterfinal the other day in that uh, in that battle between Lukaku and Ibrahimovic. I love this. He said that uh, he, in an interview recently, his mind was quickly made up when he received a phone call from Paolo Maldini. Yeah, that'll do it. That whatever will you, do it. Whatever you are offering, Paolo, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if that's got the same impact as it would have for someone kind of our age, but presumably it has. No, but he did. He, I mean, I think he's 23 Maybe tomorrow. Right, okay. So he's younger than us. But he said, I'm aware of the history of this club. And he started reading them off Nesta, Baresi, and all the defenders. And so he knows his, his, his history by the sounds of it about Milan. I mean, certainly with Paolo Maldini, he said, Oh, one of the greatest defenders of all time. It's nice to see Vish. Nice to hear that kind of stuff. That reminds me of when uh, United and Arsenal were courting Aaron Ramsey and of Arsenal, when he went to Arsenal to. Uh, chat to them and visit them. Arsene Wenger took him around. And then when he went to Manchester United, it was Gary Neville. <laughs> and then he signed right. for Arsenal with that. No, oh. what, the other Neville. Where is he? <laughs> he wanted Fizzer. That's, Fizzer would have sealed the deal 100%. Probably in the cupboard. That's why Beckham's got him in. Was there not talk of um, Deli Ali didn't sign for Liverpool? Or one of the reasons apparently is because uh, he, they took him up to, I guess it would have been Melwood, training ground. And he, they said, "I'll oh, let you know." And they were hoping to seal the deal by getting him to introduce him to Stephen Gerrard, mm. who was it was his hero at the time. And apparently, Stephen Gerrard was on like this quite strict schedule the day before a game where he would sleep all afternoon, and they didn't want to wake him up, so he didn't actually get to meet Stephen <laughs> Gerrard. Oh, yeah, Vish, who would you need to? Who would you if you were going to get lined up to sign for your beloved Man United? Who would? Who would? What phone call would do it for you? Eric Jemba Jemba. Jemba Jemba. I was going to say yeah, Jemba Jemba. that's nice, yeah. Like yeah, that. maybe a bit of Cleberson up in there. Just to yeah, make me absolutely. feel a bit better for, you know, for promotion well above my, my talent level. I'd be like, look, <laughs> look, I did it, mate. It's easy. Even if it's only yeah, three exactly, years, yeah. you'll be fine. I bet you're feeling a bit insecure about it. Allow me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marcus, oh, would you think that um, if uh, you think Fisser could get you to sign for anyone if he just gave you a call? Yeah, I think so. I might have to t- tell him to speak up a bit. but <laughs> Would you save him as Fisser in your phone? Yeah. Maybe Fizzer Neville. <laughs> Would it be one of those where you'd have to put your phone on speaker but also put it to your ear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Volume up. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, uh, Luke, it's time for four to score. Yes, it is time for Betway's four to score. Sadly, Phil Fizzer Neville's not involved in this, but you know, never mind. Never mind. Uh, entry to Betway's four to score is free. Each week you just pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game and further T's and C's apply. Game one is Southampton v Aston Villa on Saturday night. What a treat. Um, that's how far we've fallen watching Southampton on a Saturday <laughs> night. Marcus, you're up first. Who are you gone for? Jay Adams. Very nice. Very nice indeed. He's really grown into Premier League uh, Premier has, life. I've, I've enjoyed uh, watching him develop, actually, because the season before, he kind of took a while to find his feet. Um, game two, Leicester v Leeds, Sunday, uh, 2 o'clock. Vish, you're up with that one. Who have you gone for Leicester versus Leeds? Bit of a barn burner, potentially. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I've gone for James Maddie Madison. 
Nice. And took a while to select him, didn't you? Because you, you were flip-flopping all over the place in the build-up to this show record today. I, I even went for Jose Perez. No, 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 don't start naming other players. Yeah, well, no, 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 hold on. I, I, I've got to say this. Mason having this a go at me for, for killing time, that's a bit rich, I'm four to school. Yeah. I had um, I had I had a um, I won't I won't I won't embarrass you too much, but to to give you listeners the ex- the extent of how much fish was flip flopping around before his selection today. His first selection was actually uh, Steve Clary. Um, <laughs> game three, West Ham v Liverpool. It's Sunday tea time. It's Jim Campbell up. Here's what he had to say. Hello, Jim here. So hello to everybody apart from Carlos Tevez and Jeff Shreves. Uh, for fourth score this weekend, I have got West Ham against Liverpool and I'm going to go for Jared Bowen. I feel like he's due a goal. Obviously with Joel Matip now missing, Liverpool could have some issues at the back and West Ham are in good form. So I think they might strike first. So I'm going to go for Jared Bowen. All right, so Jared Bowen. Interesting pick from Jim. Yeah. Like that. Very, very nice. And Game Force Me, Brighton v Spurs, Sunday night, a Sunday night treat. I've I'm perhaps a little bit overconfident after my John Stone shout, <laughs> but I wonder whether it is Carlos Vinicius' time to shine. So I've oh gone my for goodness. him. I think he might start the game because I think they've got so many games kind of piled up. I wonder if he'll start this one against Brighton. I think he probably will. Sunday night, I've gone for Carlos Vinicius. So basically for our four to score picks this week, Che Adams, James Madison, Jared Bowen and Carlos Vinicius. If all of those players score first in those selected games, it will be £50,000 to charity. But you can win £50,000 as well if you go and play at Betway's four to score. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. You must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. For more information on that, head to begambleaware.org. Okay, now it's time for this. It's one of those games that's quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. Yes, indeed. It's time for Luke's game. We must have fire in our belly. We must have our head in the freezer collectively. Vish is already holding up offensive slogans to Marcus. Well, I don't know because I don't know what what Tanakh means. Very nice. Um, So last week we had an interesting game. I mean, Andy shaded Kate Mason. It was closer than a lot of people anticipated. But Marcus Speller, you have kind of evolved into the Roger Federer of this game now. And I think we've got Nick Kyrgios on the other side (laughs) of it with with Nick (laughs) today. Uh, The man who derides the game. He's the heel. He is no one's friend. He is like, he's Kevin, no one's friend, if you were a referee. Um, It's Marcus V. Vish. Let's get this party started. Vish, you get to go first. Everyone knows how the game's played now. I'm not going to bother with that. I'm going to go straight into it. Vish, you're up first. No cheating, no mucking around. Just pure, pure knowledge and grit and nerveless performance is what we need. The first player has played for eight clubs in total. He uh, retired. I think he retired this year. No, actually, no, he's still playing now. He's still playing now. He is still playing now. Apologies. It's Klaus Jan Huntelaar. Ooh, Klaus mm. Jan Huntelaar. Uh, Eight clubs in total. I'm going to go with... I'm going to start with three. That's a very conservative opening offer. Marcus, surely you're going to improve on that. Surely I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go four then. Do we hear five from you, Vish? Ooh. Do you want five? I'm going to go... I'm going to... No, yeah, Marcus, do you four. Okay, Marcus, four. One at a time, please. The clubs that Klaas Jan Huntler 
has played for. Okay. Ajax. That's correct. Real Madrid. That's also correct. AC Milan. That is correct. And this is the one I'm not sure about. Three down, one to go, my friend. <sighs> this is annoying. Um, Hamburg? No, I'm afraid not. Uh, I'm afraid not. That is a point to Vish. You were probably thinking of Schalke. Oh, bollocks! Yes. Yeah, yeah. So PSV is where he started his career. De Grafschap, AG0VV. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> presumably some kind of Dutch club that he spent some time alone at. Here in vain, Ajax, Real Madrid, Milan, Schalke. Schalke. Ajax again. And I believe he's now at Schalke again, although I'm not sure if he's actually played for them the second time round, but it doesn't matter because he played from the first time round. So that's 1-0 to Vish. Marcus, you're up first now. A little bit of a curveball this one, actually. Ooh. The algorithm's thrown up to us. He's only played for four clubs in total. Right. Um, he retired in 2017. It's Paul Robinson. Big Robbo? Yeah. Ooh. Uh... Four clubs in total for Paul Robinson. I should make it absolutely clear, actually. That's Paul Robertson, the goalkeeper, not Paul Robertson, the fullback, who had the same name and also played in the Premier League. We want the goalkeeper here, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in case anyone listening was confused by that. Oh, this is annoying. Um, I'll go three. That's a very nice bid, though. That very, very good. Vish, you're going to have to go the whole hog, or Marcus is going to name three. Um, I feel like I have three. And I feel like four would be a risk, but Marcus, name me three. Okay, Marcus, one at a time, please. You're going again. Three clubs that Paul Robertson has played for. Leeds United. That's correct. Tottenham Hotspur. That's also correct. Blackburn Rovers. And there's your three. Well done. Was the Birmingham club... City the other one? It wasn't. If you had gone Birmingham ah, City, okay. you would have lost a point. Was it West Brom? Um, no, it wasn't. Okay. I was actually going to say, Fish, any idea? No, it wasn't. He actually turned out three league appearances for Burnley before he oh. retired. That was the fourth club. So, yeah, Leeds, Spurs, right. Blackburn and Burnley. Okay, Vish, you're up first. Nine, oh, sorry, you're up next. Nine clubs. This player is very, very well known, but he's played for nine clubs in total. <sighs> he retired in 2008. He is, as David Pleat used to call him, Terry Sheddingham. It's Teddy Sheringham. Nine, I suppose, yeah. Ooh. It's one all. It's poised here. Fish, you could you could take the lineal championship here. You're in the you're in the hunt here, my friend. This bid is vital. Arguably, the most important part of Luke's game is the the first bid in the third player. You're right in the thick of it, right amongst it. Five. So, how many of the nine are you going to bid for? Five, Five, did you say? Five. That's a good opening bid, Marcus. Do I hear six from you? You do. Six. Vish, seven back at you. Marcus has gone for six. Can I hear seven from you? Gone for six. Oh. Play along at home. Think of any you can name at home. I'll, I'll announce them all at the end so you know whether you've got any right or not. There's six with Marcus. Vish, can I have an answer from you? Re seven, please. Okay. Seven, seven, seven. <laughs> Tension's ratcheting up here. <laughs> Absolutely ratcheting up. But I'm going to have to push you. I'm going to go straight to Marcus if you don't give me an answer now. Yeah, go on, Marcus. Do yours. Okay, another chance for Marcus to name some clubs. Six clubs, please, Marcus, that Teddy Sheringham, a.k.a. Terry Sheddingham, has played for. One at a time, please, if you don't mind. Tottenham Hotspur. That is obviously correct. That's one. Manchester United. 
That's also obviously correct. That's two. Nottingham Forest. Yes, indeed. Three. Millwall. Very good. Started his career there. Four. West Ham United. Absolutely. That's five. You're one away from two, one up. One more club. Dual Gardens. Very good. <laughs> Very good indeed. That so is I could six. say Portsmouth. I could even say Colchester United. Now I'll go Dual Gardens. That would be a seven and eight. They're both correct as well. The last club you haven't named. Do you want to try and go for the full house? There's no, there's no extra points for it. No, I didn't have that one. He spent some time on an older shot. Oh, did he? Oh, that yeah. was his nine. Oh. So that was his nine. So very good, Marcus. I had eight of the nine. I thought. I thought to myself, "Go on, Vish, say seven. Go on." <laughs> Is that Mark? I, I think listeners will be detecting something of a power play there. How's Vish going to react? How's Vish going to react? Find that's a, out. That's now. a penenka and a penalty shootout. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit. Okay, so this is the fourth player, which means Marcus gets to bid first. He is still playing football now at a professional level. He's played for eight clubs in total. It's Radamel Falcao. Ah, oh, Radamel. Radamel Falcao. Eight clubs. Eight in clubs. Total. Blimey. Yeah, eight. As they say, if you can name all late, I'll give you the money myself. <laughs> uh, okay. Fish preparing his bid as well. Beavering away with his pen and paper. Taking the game seriously this week. Nice to see. Nice to see. He does care really, everyone. He's just being trying to be cool. <laughs> Come on, Marcus. I need to push you for a bid now, please, mate. A quick game is a good game. Six. Six. That I tell you what, that is the very definition of fire in the belly, head in the freezer. That's the example you need to set. I might have set it too high. This is Alan Boxich all over again if he can deliver this. Vish, do you go seven clubs that Redemel Falcao's played for, or do you let Marcus name six? And I should remind you, if he does name the six, it's a win. Uh, Yeah, why not? Why not? Let him have his six. What? Okay, Marcus. Okay. Six clubs, please, one at a time, that Radamel Falcao has played for. Go ahead. FC Porto. That's correct. That's one. Atletico Madrid. Correct. Two. Monaco. Correct. Three. You're halfway there. Chelsea. That's four. Manchester United. That's five. One this more is, for the 3-1 the one, win. This is the one. Galatasaray. Marcus Speller wins! <laughs> There it is. It's a win oh, for Marcus Speller. Hello, baby. To be well honest with you, Luke, played. I'm annoyed that uh, I slipped up with Plazian Huntela. Um, yeah. And a well, big player goes home and looks himself in the mirror and says, what, yeah. what could I have done? <laughs> well, I could have been 4-0 up by now. <laughs> it, I don't we have to start thinking up a new game because Marcus is untouchable. So the two teams that um, you didn't name uh, were River Plate. Yeah, yeah. River. And he started his career at a club called Lanceros Boyacha, but I don't know if you'd have known that. Yeah. River um, was the one I... Because I, I, when I, I saw River play, 2005, I think, and he was actually in the squad, I think, so I, I could have gone seven there. It's a bit disappointing, Fish, but there we are. It was enough. I had six, I had six for that, but I had River play instead of Galatasaray, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So, so Vish, Vish, he's unlucky there. Yeah, Vish, you'd have, had, um, you'd have had a chance to go first with uh, Matthew Upson, who's played for 11 clubs. How many of those could you have named? 11 clubs. 11. Crazy, right? What slag. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck Matthew Upson. Uh, uh, I don't know. Like three. Yeah, this is the funny thing. So when you say, uh, you know, Falcao, I think okay, I could rattle a lot. Although, although Vish had six, to be fair, or Teddy Sheridan. When you think Upson, genuinely, like bloody hell, eleven clubs. Are you saying three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pathetic. 
I mean, basically, name a mid-sized yeah. English club. Of course. <laughs> All right, well, I'll have, I'll have a go with four then. Go on, name your four then, Marcus. Let's fish you want to go five. No, 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 go. Game's over, but go on, Marcus, go ahead. Brighton. That's correct. Arsenal. Slider. Yeah. Um, like I said, a mid-sized uh, club. <laughs> yeah, now I'm sort of struggling. Uh, Birmingham, <laughs> Birmingham City. Yeah, he played for Birmingham for a long while. Yeah. And then the last one, um, Matthew Upson. Did he play for Crystal Palace? He did. Yeah. That's oh, did he play for Crystal Palace? What? what? He did, yeah. <laughs> so Luton Town, Arsenal, Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace, Reading, Birmingham City, West Ham, Stoke, Brighton, Leicester, and ended his career. At MK Dons. There you go, yeah. Marcus. Another compelling win for you. Pretty comprehensive. Vish, you need to go away and lick your wounds. Marcus is still the champion, still the number one seed. The only question people are asking is can anyone get near him? Well, I was fortunate with the luck of the draw against Andrew Brassel, I'd say. So I'm sure he'll be gunning for me. Mm. There we are, ladies and gentlemen. Shitbox. Uh, and- <laughs> There it is. I thought to myself, you know, I do like, I do like crushing Vish. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't want to crush his spirit completely. Um, Marcus, if he doesn't care so much, why does he try so hard? That's what I'm thinking. Why did he have that scared little look? Just the the right questions aren't coming up. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that scared little look over his Chevy Chase. I knew I'd won before the game yeah. even started. It's nice though, isn't it, when you can when you can skew the draw so you get um, you get everything on your serve though, isn't it? It must be it must be nice doing that, yeah. Yeah, you had three right, serves. Hang on a minute, team. hang on a minute. When you're bringing my name into disrepute here, that's where we're gonna have problems. Just, you can get you can do your nice your cute little picture of Ollie got a soul shirt behind you, all you like, but he ain't gonna help you now. Look, I, I, I know I know the ramble was better back in the day, but you don't have to take it out on me, do you? <laughs> Oh, it wasn't. Dude. I think people get very roasted in about that. It was actually very poor back in the day. <laughs> well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble Preview Show sponsored by Better. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us. Enjoy the football this weekend, of course, and we'll see you on Monday. Say goodbye, Luke Moore. Goodbye, Luke Moore. Say goodbye, Vitushna Hantaran. Stick it up, your Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Shake your body now to the ground, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.